You're listening to. Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and now really, really, really a filmmaker. And I'm here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. How are you guys? Good to be back. Hope you're doing well and staying safe and sane and still getting tested because this pandemic's still a thing. We thought that it would be done, you know, in my whatever, seven, eight week break. But sad to say it's still here. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. And um, yeah, I had a nice break from the podcast, but... Of course, in true Minji fashion, kept very, very busy, have been uh, doing a lot of the creative work and have some fun updates that I do want to share with you guys. Um, but first, first of all, want to celebrate that we are here at season three, season three, episode one, who to thunk? Did anyone doubt me? It's okay if you did, because I, I doubted me too. I was like, can I make it? Can I do it? Um, But I'm here. I'm back. And riding on the coattails of season two, I am feeling really fired up about this next batch of episodes and the things I want to say and have been talking about with some incredible guests, many of which we've actually recorded by the time you guys are hearing this. And um, just a lot of cool life updates that have happened in between um, that, I don't know, just further given me fuel in this whole tiger year journey of mine that I mentioned last season. Um, it's all of our tiger years, but I just think that it's a time of action and actualizing things that we've you know, been ideating on, thinking about, ruminating on, um, self-doubting, all this stuff. I think it's just, it's time to go. It's time to move and there's no time to waste. So it's really exciting. I hope you, you guys are as stoked as I am. And uh, yeah, Buckle up and get ready for an awesome season three. I'm genuinely really proud of what we've created so far. And I'm very proud and thankful of my team. I got, got to start off the season by thanking the team and also congratulate my lovely producer, Anna, because she's pregnant with baby number two and she's going to be taking her maternity break. So I actually want to maybe do like a little Craigslist call out. Like if you uh, are interested in producing, Hit me up. I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> but that's not to... I'm sorry. I did not mean to turn that into a job job call. Congratulations to Anna. Anna's been my friend since I was six years old, since first grade. So being her friend basically for an entire lifetime and watching her become a mother, an amazing mother, and just, you know, she has baby girl. She's She has a boy, and now she has baby girl. And so excited for her. That means a lot too because I'm the younger sister of an older brother. And it's just, love it. I love the dynamic. I'm so happy for her. She's an incredible mom. So congrats to Anna. And uh, another quick update for you guys before we head into this episode, I promise we'll get there, um, is that as I mentioned in the very top of the intro, I am actually like a real filmmaker now. Um, and for those who have been following along for a while, I did plug here and there, not really extensively, but I have been uh, producing a feature documentary that I have been working on with my my ex-boyfriend, Kenji Sukamoto. And uh, we, I've been on that project for about four years now, on and off, took a couple breaks. And uh, he's been on that for over 10 years at this point. And it's a feature documentary that's about 
one of the best rock climbers in the world who happens to be a young Japanese-American rock climber named Ashima Shiraishi. And uh, that project has been such a journey for me to learn how to become an actual film producer. There's a lot of exciting things that have been happening in the very recent months. And so I'm really stoked. He might be kind of nervous for me to say this out loud, but I'm, I'm honestly really I'm very confident that it's going to be able to reach a wide audience. So just keep an eye out for that. But in addition to that, in addition to being a film producer for, you know, this feature documentary where I've got to learn so much, um, I've also wanted to do my own thing for a long time. I made a music video back in 2015. If anybody watched that, it's first song called Tenga Buys by Tim Atlas. If you guys want to look it on YouTube, it's there. Um, and I made that in collaboration with my friend Kenny Liu and my friend John Enriquez. And I've had pilots that I've written, shorts that I've written. Um, I wrote a feature film. And all of these ideas have basically just been sitting and blocked for a number of reasons. A lot of procrastinating, a lot of like imposter syndrome and self-doubt and just dragging my feet for so many things. And for some reason this year, again, Tiger year, who knows? The year, I don't know, what, what is this year? It's uh, our Saturn's return, is it? Or Pluto's return? I forgot. Jenny, tell me what I said or did not say correctly but um I don't know what the stars have aligned to currently but I am just I'm making stuff so I'm in pre-production at the moment you guys are hearing this I'm deep 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 in the middle of pre-production for my first short film and I'm working with all friends right now these are all friends of mine I'm working with that are incredibly talented um, I will share more details about the project, but just want to update you guys. Like I'm actually making my first short film and have a lot of high hopes for it. And yeah, this, this train is moving. So really excited to share that because I think that's just been this very, very, very ongoing big goal of mine that I'm finally living in truly and feeling a lot of feelings as I make it, but one of them is just complete and utter fulfillment and joy on top of being like terrified and like shitting my pants a little bit, but it's okay. That's part of it. So anyways, uh, I wanted to share that with you guys because uh, that's the life update to kick off season three. And that's a lot of what I've been up to <laughs> in the break. And uh, as I share more details about the film, I've had so many great friends offer to support it. And, um, I'll announce it here now. There will be a Kickstarter. I do need support and help in making this project come to life. And uh, just keep an eye out for that. I will share that later. And thank you guys. Thank you to everybody that's been listening to me process a lot of different facets of myself and my life on air with you and for being so supportive and so encouraging along the way, especially to my Patreon patrons. I have to because we've been doing our hangouts for years at this point. And um, yeah. All of those things, all those tiny little things, and they were huge things that pushed me to this point or lifted me or elevated me to this point. But yeah, so that's my announcement right at the top. And uh, here we are at the top of season three, episode one. And we're talking about one of the most personal things to me, which is law of attraction. I plug this a lot of different times over the course of the last uh, couple seasons and many hundreds of episodes. Not many hundreds, a couple hundreds. Um, and haven't ever talked about it openly. So, of course, for this one, I had to bring in none other than Roxy She. She is the co-host and lover and best friend of Priska Lee and Kim of Two Horny Goats. And 
She is honestly one of the top people that I think of in my head that I can talk about law of attraction and frequencies and vibrations and energies. Um, You know, she's honestly top five people that I think of in my head. And she's such a bright light. Um, She's incredibly smart, sharp, and eloquent about this, very deep. So I'm excited for us to share that with you because this is something that has really impacted my life for a number of years. And I think I felt some apprehension talking about because— I don't have anything incredibly structured or conclusive to share with people, at least in my mind. And I grew up in the church with a very strict and rigid belief system that, um, you know, in my mind, I'd been really, really devoutly committed to and was under the impression for a long time in my life that if I believed anything outside of that, that I was doing something wrong, sinful, evil, you know, just bad vibes (laughs) in summary. And so for me to explore this with a curiosity and with like the astounding evidence and experiences that I've had, just being open to a different way of thinking and thinking about life in a different plane and a different spiritual paradigm has been really, really, really fun, honestly fun and humbling and awe-inspiring and just honestly driven more curiosity. And I'm grateful for that because I think the way that I grew up was with so much more certainty than I have now. And I feel better about life being more uncertain and more curious. Um, And it continues to surprise me. So I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. And it is a really big topic. So just giving you guys a heads up, we cover a lot of ground. We're not, you know, it's any sort of Wikipedia page on law of attraction. It's just sharing our experiences and our thoughts. And uh, some of those things can be a little bit inside baseball sounding, but I hope you guys will have some patience. And uh, yeah, we'll hop around here and there. And hopefully, again, just drive curiosity. Because I think what I really want to share on this podcast in general is create a space where people can wonder out loud and can have a point of view that is strong, that can be strong, but can also be encouraged to like be thought of differently, analyzed deeper, um, changed if if it's good to be changed. Um, I don't know. I'm just here to think out loud and to share different perspectives. So... Before we jump into the episode, of course, I got to plug my girl, Roxy, because she's one of my favorite people on this planet. And uh, Roxy is a filmmaker. She's a spiritual healer. And she runs a podcast called Two Horny Goats with her best friend, Prisca. And on Two Horny Goats, they eloquently, hilariously, beautifully dismantle Asian American stereotypes and difficult discussions one week at a time. They've been doing their solo episodes. It's absolutely beautiful. And... um, yeah, just Roxy's just a consummate creative. And she's also a tarot card reader. Um, and she's just very in touch with herself. And she's very uh, self-aware and self-embracing. That's why I love her so much. So together, we're going to cover a lot of different ground, become pretty vulnerable with you guys. So please be open to us and be kind. Be kind to yourself. Hope you guys have fun exploring this topic. Without further ado, here is the first of all, season three, episode one on Law of Attraction with Roxy Shee. Enjoy. 
came in 88 with a dream all so bright eyed. They knew right away, sick of swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's fitting. Hi, Roxy. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so happy to talk to you. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. I am like now like a special guest on First of All, which I've been a fan of for so many freaking years. And it's just like an honor to be here. I okay well i've been listening to your podcast a lot in my you're actually just fyi first of all you're my you're my uh season three episode one guest fyi you're 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 bringing us back shut the front door are you serious (laughs) i get the golden throne of guests i get to be the season three premiere you are premiere and therefore (gasps) you are season three premiere i was i was thinking about telling you in the email yeah. I was like, no, nah, I, want, I want her real reaction. Holy shit. Wow, that. this is so amazing. I, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but did you know that one of our names for Two Horny Goats, like when we were first tossing around titles, was going to be second of all? <laughs> I thought you were trolling me because that's way too much. And I love you guys. No, you no, guys no. Love- I was like, I love first of all. Like, is it too crazy if we call ourselves second oh of all? Oh, my God. Just like in honor of Minji. <laughs> the honor of a lifetime. The fact that you guys even had that on any list anywhere, <laughs> even mentally. I'm very, very, very honored. So thank no, you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much. Uh, how have you been? I know that you've been... We're back, you know, people are quote unquote back to normal, uh-huh. more or less. And sure. then and then you've been like, you know, director, star, um, just no. creating such beautiful projects, working with Kelly Who, doing your yes. lifetime, doing your red carpet. Like, how has that all been? You know, it's actually kind of crazy. I just released um, my first solo episode on Two Horny Goats last week. And you were actually, again, this is just a Minji standing like episode because, <laughs> you know, Prisca and I were saying, well, how about we do solo episodes like Minji? And I'm like, oh, I, well, we'll try that. But it was so hard, like, to do really? a solo. I, like, I don't know how you do it. I, I got <laughs> super in my head and you know, no, it's just happens. so hard talking to yourself. And... I think the reason why I wanted to do it was because I'm actually going through what I think is a very difficult time in my life, which is I'm in my mid thirties mm. and I'm trying to make a transition from what I've been doing into different things. Oh. And yeah, like bigger things, you know, more intentional things. Like Got I it. could go back and do more of my lower budget stuff for a paycheck, but I, and from the outside, I think, yeah, I don't want to come off entitled. I know that I'm, privileged and I've worked hard for what I where I am now but like I I, things have gotten pretty smoothly for me ever since I started like um I was very active in this space but now I I just don't want to be so you know it's just like you're leveling up and you really want a different cycle and a different start right girl girl but in doing so you have to make room for it. Mm-hmm. You have to sacrifice. And I was talking about how I tend to self-soothe by self-sabotage. <laughs> um, cannot relate more. Uh, yes, can go on. And, you know, I took a lot of pride being like, I'm a single, unmarried woman in my mid-30s who's like queer and Asian and doing this unconventional life. But for the first time, like I don't have like big prospects coming and I I'm always someone who plans like two to three steps ahead and mm-hmm. like sitting in this discomfort has been very new for me because I could see myself spiraling into well I guess I'll DoorDash well I guess I'll just keep myself busy but like I was talking to Prisca about it and we're just talking about like how to 
like detach value from money mm. and worth and purpose and giving value another meaning. So like, because I want to make this jump, I, instead of just directing on set, which is what I've been doing, I, I really want to be more intentional about what I'm writing and what I'm putting forth and my voice, right? So <sighs> you have to be in silence for that. Like you have to not make money for a little bit. Like when you're doing that, you have to, or find different ways, right? But it's it's about investing in your future growth and like investing in your value. Yeah. And like thinking about Cantor's Law, which is a business term. Uh, do you know about Cantor's Law, Minji? I do not know. Please explain. Okay. So you know how in the beginning of every cycle, you're just like, this is so exciting, right? Like mm-hmm. your new relationship, you're dating someone exciting, or you're just like, oh, I'm going to get married or whatever, or like my new promotion or like a new project or like a new endeavor, like... As a woman of many hustles, I'm sure you understand it's like the, the the idea or the seduction of something new is always very titillating. And then you think about the end, the reward, when I'm done with this movie, when I'm like in the film festival, like when I get married or when we have the success. Like people don't think about the middle. And the middle is what Cantor's Law says is the most exhausting, miserable part because it's mm. after the start. It's when you made that commitment, but it's also where you fail the most. Whew. And it's crazy because this 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 cycle we're talking about it's it's an arbitrary length, right? Like it, it's arbitrary size. It could be a very small circle. It could be a very big one, but you don't know where you are. So you just you just have to keep consistent in that faith. And so, like I was reading about Cantor's Law, and I'm just like, oh my god, this resonates so much with a lot of our endeavors and a lot of our cycles in life. And um, we just we can only manage like where our feet are, which is like right beneath us. And even though that oasis or like that end goal looks a thousand meters, fifty thousand meters, like it could all look the same on the horizon. Yeah. But you can only control what your two feet can do, right? You can either stop, you could take steps towards it, you could run towards it. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So like that's where I'm sitting in, and you know, when you're in your mid 30s you know you're also in your mid 30s it's like i tend i was i was getting into this space where i just thought man did i fail as a woman like did i fail as a filmmaker <sighs> did i fail as a right like you got get into a very fucking dark space of i don't i'm not married i'm not i don't have a family i don't whatever yeah, but then yeah. like at the same time people women in our stage in life like you and me Minji, like where we're unmarried, where we are creating a lot of opportunities for ourselves, we're achieving wisdom in our 30s that previous generations have not had the privilege to have. Right. Like it's unwritten about because it was shrouded in shame. But was it shrouded in shame or was it just controlled? The narrative was just controlled by the, by the patriarchy, right? Right. Because me now in my 30s would have been a very different woman than if I were to be married and have kids in my 30s. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just very different. Very different. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, anyways, that's what I've been <laughs> meditating on recently. And Girl. it's just so significant that you came to me with this topic about the law of attraction because it really helps me think about how many times the magic has actually worked and that I still need to continue to have faith in it. Roxy. What? <laughs> I love you. I, I fucking love you. Love you. I'm just, girl. I'm embracing you. Your voice is you. so sexy. Like, Oh, girl. For you? All day. I'll send you recordings. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I want them to be all my ringtones for different people. Every single one on my list. I, I just, 
Okay, just as right out the gate, I feel mm. like I, I manifested this conversation. You were speaking to my heart. Yeah. So what deeply. What have you been up to, girl? Like, like, tell me, like, does this Cantor's Law thing also apply to you right now? 100%. And it's it's absolutely been, like, the the state of mind in which I've been, like, meditating and, like, ruminating. You could, There's a lot of words, right? Sometimes it's just, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm really thoughtful and curious and just wondering, like, in a very neutral space of, like, I wonder what's going to happen next. And then, you know, from one moment to the next, it goes into, like, complete anxiety of, like, what the fuck is going on with my life right now? Right, and, like, right. what am I supposed to do? Am I, am I, am I well? Is this going well? Or, is, you know... <laughs> According to according to who, and then I get right. mad, and I'm like, "Well, who said?" You know, I'm very, <laughs> I have Same. a very natural. You live rebellious. by yourself, right? You live yeah, by yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's just what happens when you live by yourself. Well, I have a roommate, but we pretty. I mean, we have very separate lives. I have my own yeah. space, and I'm just like, <laughs> right. or I'm driving, and I'm like, says who? Says fucking who? And I'm very like, I think that's just been my vibe since I was very young, to be honest. Um, yeah, because I've had a very. Uh, you think because I was such a docile child that I was like really. In, in certain ways, I was such a rule follower and very, very, like, placating and, you know, yeah. just a good little girl in certain ways. But I think inwardly, down to my soul, I think I've always had, like, says who? Like, I love that. That inner rebellious me? Minji, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? A little the bit of questioning like, authority. Challenging ideas and systems and institutions. I love that. Yeah, it's not a lot of that. And then I wonder, and then I used to, like, I, I would pinpoint it like, oh, I grew up in the Bay Area. That's all we do is like, <laughs> what says who? Is that the best way you can do it? I don't yeah. agree with that. <laughs> who knows? It was all it's all like influence. But I've definitely been in a evaluation place. And and like it's and even in the break from the podcast, which is like in that break, I'm telling mm. you, I, I get into very reflective mode of like, do I want to keep doing this show? Yeah. That's always kind of like a yes in terms of like, do I enjoy it? Is it something that I feel proud of? Absolutely. But then it comes to like time and resources and all the logistics and like the headache that comes with it, like that yeah. candles, like the middle stuff. Yeah. Then I'm like, dude, do I really want to do this though? And so right. that amongst a million other things, I've all been kind of under the, under the microscope of like, how's this going? Am I, am, how am I doing? And is it, is it good? Is it worth my time? I am leveling up. I definitely feel that I have been in this like forward movement, mm -hmm. really trying to, like you're saying, make space, leaving a lot of past stuff behind, throwing things away. Like, mm -hmm. um, and, but in that it's, it's a, it's a very like, it's a roller coaster. And I also like have been trying to embrace my, my femininity to like Ooh. throw that in there. Um, so like think about the, my cyclical nature as a woman and to uh -huh. like I've been working out and and approaching my health in a very like cyclical way. Uh-huh. Um we're just going all in right now. But like I basically I've been such a big workout fiend and I've had a lot of body issues and a lot of like self-image issues, self-worth issues. Mm -hmm. And fitness has been a component of that. I've actually like this whole process, very all-encompassing. Like I'm going to work out according to my cycle now. It's like a new part of my life mm -hmm. um, where I'm like. I'm going to go with my own flow and there my hormones your our hormones as female you know XX chromosomes we have a certain hormonal cycle that changes every freaking day yeah it really is challenging to be us isn't it like men will never know it's just a, yeah and like they really will never know and and I I've kind of like been working on just 
not looking that as so much of a liability in my life Mm -hmm. and just looking at it like this is just the way my life is. Because I've grown up my whole life being like, this is such a fucking burden and I hate this. See, isn't that wild? Like, um, I've also started working out every day, which is something old Roxy would have never done. Really? I, I used to think of exercise as punishment. And the more you, you know, punishment for not looking good enough, punishment for, you know, like not being mm-hmm. healthy, whatever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. But now I can't not exercise because it's become a part of my identity. And it's it also helps you. I always think about like how good I feel afterwards. How, yeah, dude. How my head is so clear. My body feels more mobile as we get Endorphins. older. So many, yeah, so many joints like that crack now. Like I, I have to do it. And it's just, it just becomes a part of who you are. And like, I do have to ask you, Minji, you were talking about your femininity. What does mm-hmm. being feminine mean to you? So I've been, this is actually very hand in hand with like the law of attraction and this new paradigm of my life. Cause I grew up really religious mm-hmm. and I was really curious about how you, cause you and I have talked about it as like grown women. That's how we've befriended each other. And like, right. we're totally in the same vibe, yeah. similar frequencies. <laughs> and I love it because yeah. I love finding people that I can talk about this stuff openly without feeling any sort of like self-consciousness and it's just, we can celebrate it together. Absolutely. So, in this newer, like, I guess you can call it, what, what do they call it now? Like new age kind of, I don't yes. know if it's a, but it's a new age and new, new. They um, go like new age spirituality space. There you go. You know? Yes. It's also becoming like kind of trendy, which I have thoughts about, but you know, we'll, we'll get love there. to we'll hear get your there. thoughts. We'll, yeah. that, we will get there. Yeah. Um, but as I've gone in this journey, it's been several years for me at this point. Um, different paradigms, different concepts, different like entities, like soulmates and twin flames and like divine uh-huh. feminine divine be masculine. careful with all that stuff be careful with all that i know stuff. It could, it exactly could really get you into like a overthinking vortex one thousand and that's <laughs> girl we will yeah we'll go there and I, I in that i i've enjoyed and i've appreciated looking at things that i thought of in a very different manner which was like again really hyper religious i grew up baptist christian right and and it was very kind of like um these are the roles and this, and I'm Korean too. You know what I mean? Oh my so God. Yes. There's a very heavily enforced, heavily <laughs> enforced, yeah, patriarchal, setup. traditional, um, you know, gender, gendered and uh, hierarchical in terms of power. It was all very clearly laid out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, again, me being me since I was young, I was like, says who? Like, yeah. what do you but mean? That's like your little rebellious self. That's your intuition coming in. You right. Know? I call bullshit on some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Did you ever listen to her growing up? You know, growing up, did you? I know you listen to her now, but like back then, what did you do when she started to speak up? I spoke out against my dad. (laughs) Got Mm. in trouble. I think my dad was my my big. uh, He was my a trigger. You want to use like psych terms, and like he he was like the way that he carried himself and his energy and the way he treated my mom and the way that our household was run. Um, in retrospect, I, I appreciate some of the structure, I guess. I don't think it's all garbage, but like, I definitely had questions. And so I also had an intuition that my dad loved me. I felt that he loved me, even though he was like rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like ain't nobody going to say something to my dad the way I can. So I kind of took it upon myself to say things to him that I knew nobody else had the guts to say. <laughs> and <laughs> so he if take I, it? Not though. very well, but yeah. like, again, better than anybody else. If anybody else had said stuff to him, he would have like 
popped off or gotten violent. I don't know, but I, I, I spoke, I stood my ground in a lot of scenarios. I sassed off. Good, and I was like, good, 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 good. Um, it, excuse me. Don't agree. I but, think that's, but that's wrong. so great because like so many of us were forced to stay silent when we right. felt that little voice come up. Right. You know, and then we were, ta- we were taught that, you know, that inner voice is shameful or is not right or is dark, you know, and doesn't know, isn't mature enough, you know, doesn't know what's right or wrong. For right? sure. You get like fucking gaslit. But at least when you start challenging these things, that's when you start to become more discerning. Right. I mean, I got feedback, right? And the discernment yeah. comes from like life experiences. I felt like I definitely was eliciting a response out of him. He was not happy. Mm-hmm. I got consequences. Not like I got off scot free. Like There's I was no untouchable. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of like continue to take in that data of like, why is this so problematic to you that I think that my mom is not? She should not be treated in like some subservient manner to you why mm-hmm. why why is that so why is that anchoring you you know I yeah. was like psycho intuitively yeah. psychoanalyzing my dad and like feeling this anger that has built up in me over the years to question a, not only authority but like these paradigms of masculine and fe- like within my household of like I'm the man I'm the head of the household she's my wife she's my woman and like she therefore needs to submit to me all this all this very like problematic ideology and then like language that was really pervasive in my life because of the Bible and like just even honorifics, the way that you speak in Korean, like a lot of stuff was reinforcing this. So that was definitely like my life. That's great because it's sort of this rise of new age spirituality is also rising with uh, releasing the stigma of the discussion around mental health. Right. Right. Exactly. It's not like a coincidence that both of these two things are becoming more visible in terms of our language. Right. Yes. But back then it was really difficult. And your parents and my parents and generations before us have no fucking clue how to access any of that. Like it, it boggles my mind that like my parents won't go to therapy, but they'll go to a freaking shaman or oracle. Interesting. Temple, you know, to get advice. And I'm just like, dad, I'm like, mom, <laughs> that's just new age therapy. <laughs> like all of this, all of what I do as a tarot reader, as a spiritual healer is new age therapy. Like, yeah. like if people cannot take it a certain way or I'm basically doing what therapists do, but I'm using like 5D abilities in order to access that. Right, right, but right. But all of it is just trying to teach my client or like to to let the person know what resources they have in order to change their own sort of inner vibration and using the law of attraction and using the placebo effect. All of this, by the way, is backed by neuroscience, psychology. Yep. Yep. Like it's not just woo-woo shit. All of this is actually science as well. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. To make it happen. Right. You know? I love it. And I love that that's, that's I guess, in my mind, in my very like uh, three, dim- my, my mind is like a 3D <laughs> map. It's nothing linear and I love it. Yes. I've, I've embraced that. But yes. I, I was basically exploring the ideas of like law of attraction, my inner self, my own mm-hmm. psychology, my generational trauma, my childhood trauma, mm-hmm. and the and like all kind of layered together with the ideas of, of femininity, masculinity, as you were asking earlier, like yeah. to know that we all have it in ourselves. And it's not about like genitals and it's not about uh, your chromosomes even. It's about energy, right? right. It's about, it's the, the, the dichotomy of our spirit that we have a side that's more nurturing, that that is receptive and that, you know, is it, it operates in a flow state. And then there's a, a different side, not better, not worse, just a different side that's also more aggressive and dominant and like action oriented and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and linear. And like, I think those go so beautifully 
harmoniously when we're like in a good place, it goes so harmoniously hand in hand to like create a beautiful existence. So in that paradigm, like looking at, looking back at like how I grew up, my relationship with my father, which was very, very impactful on my life, all my relationships, like it's all brought me to this point here where I'm talking to you, where Mm -hmm. I've explored, not come to like solid, like, oh, I know this or I'm conclusive about this, but I feel solid. Like, you know what? I think this, this idea that I have about my own femininity and how much I've held it back because I've been raised in this society that's told me that being softer or the side of me that I, I love, but I get ridiculed for, and a lot of people get ridiculed for, which I think the patriarchy does, mm-hmm. it like, it fucks you up. So like, why would I, I've just been go, 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 go. You're in survival mode. That's what sur- activates right. your masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And it's in- interesting because I've always thought of myself as masculine, and maybe this is just universal through a lot of pan API communities in terms of like being daughters of immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just, you're not allowed to feel your feminine energy. And I have always thought <clears throat> I'm really masculine just like as a queer Asian woman, right? Mm-hmm. But I never truly understood how it felt to be feminine until my most recent relationship. Oh. And this, you know, my partner, Jaw, he, he like allows me to cry and to be soft. And, but, but in doing so, it's because he's created a safe place where I'm allowed, where I feel like I could give myself permission to be soft Mm-hmm. where in previous relationships I've always been hard like mm. it's just been the dynamic I'm like love soft people love soft partners and I am the hard one right but I realize that's not the case like I feel safe enough to feel soft so yeah I'm also exploring my feminine energy as well you know and being more open to receiving and I love it. not trying to dictate you know, and and t- uh, just the thing with Cantor's Law and like my current like uh, journey right now is always about receiving because that's what law of attraction is, right? It's about attracting what's meant to come to you for you instead of chasing after something you can't control. Yes. Oh, and I love that. I just want to <laughs> take a little, let's take a little rest stop. I love that, that feeling that you have of safety to be more of your feminine self. Again, because we have all these different sides of us. Yeah. I think it's really, that's so sacred and like beautiful and Mm -hmm. healing, especially when you, for a lot of different reasons, have grown up feeling like you cannot, like it's an armor you have to wear, or it's a state of being that you have to be in order to stay safe. You have to stay hard and protective. And like, it's exhausting to be that. So I'm just so happy. I just want to say like, I love that you've had any sort of experience that allows that part of you to breathe and just be because that's that's so important. It's so important. And it's like, you know, a lot of my clients who are women and who are older and probably in marriages for like over 10 years have asked me about sex. Mm. And um, so much of relationships and like feeling feminine is recalibrating sex as medicine mm. for you, your soul, your body, your touch, right? Rather than however, you know, it's been defined as by the institution, by whichever institution for as long as we've been here, right? Because yeah. I've also been reading this book called In Defense of Witches and it's it kind of talks about like the history of the war on women in many different cultures around the world. Yeah. And it just really breaks my heart. It's also really triggering to read. And um 
And I feel like you and me, like we're here to sort of fight that, you know, just to take our power back. And the fact that it's all still happening now, the war on women, and Mm -hmm. we're sort of in the safe bubble of Los Angeles, but we do feel empowered to use our voice and to, you know, set boundaries on our bodies, on our relationships in a way that's healthy. And even in like dynamics in terms of like relationships where we could feel safe to feel more partnership than it is to be as a traditional wife, you know, to be submissive or anything like that. And be a mother. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I mean, I think we are naturally maternal, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But like, you don't really have to have a a child in order to do that. Like that's your decision. But um, to feel protective and to allow yourself to lean into that energy that was for so long, like separated from us as we were going up because we were all in this survival mode of masculine energy. Right. 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 Crazy. Well, welcome to the episode, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we just dive into the deep shit, you know? No, we do. That's how we roll. If if this is your first episode, well, welcome. But uh, if it's not, you're used to it. So it's good. (laughs) Welcome to season three. Yay. Roxy, um, I just feel like we just gotten such... Thank you for being so open. This is what I adored about you. Literally from the second (laughs) I sat down at the same table with you, I was like, I love this woman. My intuition, she is strong and she knows that is like, she's a soulmate. Holy crap. I love her. Oh my God. Um, It was at Prisca's wedding reception and I had heard of your name before. I knew who you, of you. And then when I just knew, it was just so great. So as a, as a um, life manifestation at that moment, law of attraction, (laughs) like that is, I'll use that as exhibit A of like, my life where I reflect on all some of the best moments of my life (laughs) under this paradigm of law of attraction, like, holy crap, I'm so grateful. Like, I just got to be in a place where I could get to know Roxy. I get to sit at the same fucking table as you, queen, and I've been standing you forever before that moment. Like, I was listening to your pod, and I was also, I knew you were, like, the director of collaboration. Like, you were here, like, an icon in our community. And I'm like, I'm a nobody. How is she ever going to know me? But, you know. But you know, like what you're saying, we attract our vibrations, attract each other. You find you find what's meant for you. You find who's meant for you. Right. Yeah. So and good and bad. And so I would love to say, like, what is your like we've gotten in the deep end. It's all good. Now we're just going to like chill by the pool for a second. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 reflect. Where did you when did this enter your life? This concept of law of attraction. What do you understand about how would you describe it to somebody who's who knows little to nothing about it? Okay, well, I started my spiritual journey, I think, around four to five years ago. So it's actually quite recent. Mm. Um, So before then, you know, I just grew up as a Taiwanese-American girl, only child, like trying to make her parents proud, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't go to get a master's. I didn't study film production. I studied theory at UCI, and that was it. And I came to Los Angeles not knowing anybody. My parents are in Taiwan, and I was PAing on Craigslist jobs. Like okay. picking up trash and coffee for people working 20 hours a day, exhausted, out of my mind, making like $50 a day. And I asked my dad, I don't know what I'm doing. And this is when my father knew about the law of attraction way before the the book The Secret came out, right? Because okay. The Secret is all about the law of attraction. And he said to me, he's like, Roxy, if you think about who you want to be, and he's like, and what you want to be. He's like, what do you want to be? And I go, I don't know, producer, right? And then (laughs) he goes, then you got to talk as if you're already there. Mm. And so 
I just thought, well, what does that mean? Is that like fake it till you make it? And he goes, no, you're just embodying someone that you're going to be. You're just Ooh. asking her to arrive earlier. Ooh. Uh, and I, I he he obviously never studied the law of attraction. This was just sincere advice that he gave me, like doing business and like traveling internationally, right? And working yeah. internationally. And I said, oh, I'm going to try that. So then, you know, me without any experience, I start talking to everybody about how I want to be a producer or that I am a producer. Like I'm just inviting future Roxy into young Roxy that doesn't have any experience yet. I love and it. Strangely, people and then people said yes, right? So then they gave me an opportunity. I would fuck it up, right? Because I'm I don't have the <laughs> like it's not like magically I say it and I'm this this person that knows everything, right? So it's I, energy, energy. It's energy, energy. And then so I'm just like messing up. I'm I'm you know, don't know how to do budgets. I don't know how to look for locations. I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to crew up. I don't even know what a sound mixer is, right? But I <laughs> But for some reason, anytime I fuck up, like I, I would own up and admit that I'm just starting. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people were really forgiving if you're transparent about it, despite the, so you're, you're owning this energy, which is like intelligence and confidence. Right. Even though you don't have the necessary, um, resume credentials in order to get there but there's always opportunities if you ask for it and that that's another thing is um asking for help is something that's very foreign or asking Mm -hmm. for opportunities is very foreign and i find myself you know with my whole situation recently asking for help again and i'm planting new seeds which is something i haven't done since you know this story that i'm talking about so this was a very first example and then another thing was was i remember during this time i could not visualize my future um you know female directors were almost non-existent lulu wang didn't exist yet you know what i mean like aquafina didn't exist and there was only ang lee and i'm like he's not exactly um the type of role model i would see myself you know being modeled after because we're so different right Mm -hmm. and then so um I, I just, but for some reason, no matter what I did, no matter what I tried to do that was different or in a different field or a different whatever, I just could not imagine it. And I just felt that I had to keep doing whatever this crazy thing is that I'm doing, like saving $2,000 a year to like make a short film with my friends and submit it to whatever festivals, right, would be the path for me. And then I, I got into, you know, the AWC fellowship with visual communications the first year I applied for it. And I just thought that was already like a huge sign, right? Despite me not having good grades, despite me not going to like a film score or whatever. I said, there's something here that someone sees in me. And I remember like crying. I was in Taiwan. I was like, see mom, like I'm going to make a short film. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then like once I started directing and once I started producing, like, well, first of all, I didn't get to directing yet. I was mostly producing and editing. And I never thought that I could be a director because I just don't, I just couldn't see myself really in that position. But then like, as I started to produce and as I started to edit, I became a, I became really good at storytelling. You know, I became really good. I became so connected to so many people in this city um, because I gave them work. You know, I was really intentional. I loved the work that I was doing, Um, you know, peaks and valleys of different experiences, good and bad. Mm hmm. After a while, you know, um, I was, I remembered, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said that he had a script, like a feature script. And he goes, Roxy, I want to know if this could ever be produced, right? Okay. And I read the script and 
I like fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, this is totally me. Like this is, this is like one location, five actors. It's extremely theatrical. Like it's just questioning theology and Darwinism. It talks about, you know, a pandemic. Ha ha. Like I'm a witch. I predicted the future. And then, um, you know, I just had like a lunch also that week with a director friend of mine that I produced for. And he goes, Roxy, no one will take you seriously until you make your first feature film. And I said, look at me, look at me. I am an Asian woman. Do you name one Asian woman who's a director that you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you can't tell yourself that. He goes, take your gender out of the equation. Take, you know, take you being Asian out of the equation. He goes, I'm going to give you my camera, which is a red at the time. He goes, I'm going to give you all my G&E gear. He's like, you help me make my movie. Let me help you make yours. And Dang. both of these situations happen very closely within weeks of each other. This script and my friend's offer. Wow. And and with that kind of synchronicity, you can't help but imagine, oh my God, I have to take this leap, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to try. Like, mm-hmm. I have to try. And then so I went on Kickstarter. I took out my savings, took out a line of credit. Really bad idea, but I did it. <laughs> and, you know, I did crazy shit. I went to my parents. I'm like, hey, I never got a master's. Sorry for being a failed daughter. But can you give me, like, something so I could <laughs> prove to you that I'm, like, worth, like, my life is worth something, right? And then mm-hmm. they agreed to give me some money. And they go, Roxy, if you do not get a directing job, like, your, like one directing job shortly after this feature, they're like, you must do something else. You must okay. And I go, all right, that's wow. the deal that I must make like with this money that you're giving me, right? Which wasn't a lot. Like in the end with Kickstarter, with my savings, with the line of credit, with what my parents gave me, it was probably around 80K, okay. which is a lot, right? For, yeah. you know, a lot of people. So then I said, all right, well, I'm going to take the biggest fucking leap of faith <laughs> in my fucking life. And it's either going to destroy me or something's going to come out of it. Well, something's going to come out of it. Something's going to come come out of it. And then so then I made the movie and Minji, I cannot tell you, like we shot it in 13 days. You know, Jessica Roth was the lead and you know, she's a big star now. But I remember like walking onto set and doing my first day and I I did a lot of things. I was a producer. I was an editor. I could do a lot of things. I'm a person that's able to multitask and fit into wherever I need to, but nothing felt more like, I don't know, like spiritual or complete or just, it it just felt like the universe connected with me the moment I started directing and I knew I was good at it. I love that. Like I knew that there's something about this that just feels right and aligned. And the lead actor, um, the other lead, Michael Nardelli, you know, he worked, it was his first time working with me. He goes, Roxy, you're really good. And I said, thank you. Give me that validation. I would love more of it. And he goes, well, (laughs) I'm developing a series called Dark Web. And he goes, would you like to write and direct one episode? Uh, Are you like, oh, my God. You know, like I I freaked out. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is like, are you kidding me? And then like shortly after that, you know, the tribe, which was the movie, went to a genre festival in Austin. And I met this director, Tony Valenzuela, who is this um, queer, you know, Latino director. And I I watched his movie, um, I think it's called Axe Murders of Velisca, that ended up going to IFP. But we became instant friends. And so we went to each other's screenings. And he sat and he watched mine. And afterwards, he's like, Roxy, this is really good. And then 
it turns out that he was up for a movie called Painkillers. And while he was in the movie for this pitch, he's like, hold up. Y'all got to check out this girl named Roxy. Wow. And so he like stepped aside and gave the producers my name. Go girl. Yeah. And I was like, this is what community is. Yeah. It's like making space for others. Like there's not just one of us at the table. And I will always be thankful for Tony for that because now he introduced me to one of my favorite collaborators, Luke Barnett, which we've been working on, you know, so many things together. But then all of it just sort of like the universe just kept giving me one validation, like signs, sign after sign, opportunity after opportunity, which I know is fucking rare. Mm -hmm. And um, I just went with it. So then it's like, you know, the, the first time I went on set and I was like, fuck, I'm good at this. It's, it's that something sparked this timeline awakening of like Roxy as a director. And like now I know I'm in my, my, my strange transitionary time where I'm like my feelings are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's like I open my eyes and I see where I am now. The people that I've surrounded myself with, the people I've attracted, the people that I've built with. Um, the the place I'm living in, the life I'm living in, yes, it's unpredictable and it's hard not having, you know, a financial partner sometimes. But my God, am I privileged? You know, like I'm Bless. living this like I'm living this life that is has been unwritten, mm-hmm. has been unexperienced. How and amazing so is that? Special. Like it I is. love <laughs> And I love, I freaking love this. This is, well, I get to know your origin story because, okay, girl, we've been in a lot of spaces together and we've gotten to experience a lot of cool things, but I haven't been able to learn this about you, like how you entered into that space and like, not only like the what's, because there's so many things to that story, but it's really like, what was the undercurrent of all that? That's a part of that. Honestly, the end of the day for most things, I'm the most interested in that. What was like bringing you to, what motivated you to do that? Not just like, oh yeah, I did this and I talked to this person. Yeah, I'm very curious about the human, like that's what makes me, me as an artist or storyteller. I want to know like, well, what were you going through? What were, were you like brought up to think that? Were you ultra confident or were you scared as fuck? And then you just did it anyway. <laughs> I'm very curious. And so I love that. I love to get this, this version of this story from you, Roxy, because I think it's also just so... Um, you know, like story can tell a million things in one story that you don't have to even explain, but just like bring it back to what we're talking about, which is law of attraction is about this concept of like life attracts like, and yes. also the idea of like manifestation, which is like, you know, your thoughts become things, everything yes. that we're interacting with in this world, like truly, this was what blew my mind when I don't even, when I came across this idea, it's like, the microphones that we're using, the computers that we're like using to record all this shit, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the curtains on my on my window were all someone's ideas. They didn't exist at one point, and someone thought about it, and then they made it. So like everything around us and ourselves, we are a manifestation. I'm a manifestation of my parents' love, which I don't really want to <laughs> go there, but like you know, like no, I wouldn't exist. You yes. Know? Yes. And, and so, it's, it's crazy because like people are like, how does manifestation work? Blah, 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 right. Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. all woo woo shit. Right. But it's it's really not because it's really not. It's really not. So so just going into tarot practice. Right. Like, for example, if someone gets a reading with me, they're like, I want to know if the person that I swipe right on Tinder that we match, <laughs> is this, if this is the one I was like, I am not the tarot reader for you because here's <laughs> the situation. Right. I tell you about multiple outcomes. I tell you about the risks that 
that you don't take. Like nothing is a right or wrong decision. Everything is a choice. And Mm. I show you the outcome of that choice. You can stay to live in comfort and stability and routine and stay within your comfort zone. Or you could take a risk and have an adventure and I could channel that person that future version of you and see what advice that she has with you. So when you can visualize something, it's because future you is projecting information to you. <laughs> I really, okay. We got to dive into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, First, but I'll answer your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, so uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. I got really excited about the fact of um, like astral projecting information with different versions of yourself because there's a lot of different outcomes and different parallel universes where like, there's a version of you that's doing something. And that's why they talk about sort of like the shifting effect where like, um, or what is it? The mandala effect where like some information from this universe, like goes into another, like everything everywhere all at once. That's like, Oh, a very real, that's like a very real thing where it's like the outcome is designed by your actions in the present. So you don't go anywhere by not taking action. Like, um, so for example, like people saying, I want to bring in my soulmate. And I'm like, but are you doing the work? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just want someone to love me, but are you doing the work on yourself? Mm-hmm. And I know that you're somebody who practices very deeply, you know, Minji, because you're somebody who's always elevating and working on yourself. So it's like, it's like using these tools to make that reality actually happen. But first you actually have to take those steps. So when I, when I, when I did that crazy move, I just thought to myself, I have nothing to lose. Mm. And I'm like, what am I afraid of losing my reputation? (laughs) I'm like, there is none, you know? (laughs) And I, I come from, you know, I come from a very different place than, you know, a lot of those successful filmmakers. I'm just like, I'm learning as I go. Um, I, I just, I think we all kind of do that. You know, I don't want to generalize everything, but it's, it's more so that um, I'm the type of person that I'll say yes to everything. And if you pay me $5, if you pay me $5,000, my effort was the same the entire time. And I love that. Obviously now it's different. Now I'm just like, okay, I just want to work very little (laughs) (laughs) for max output. I just want to manifest like a timeshare in the Maldives for me and all my friends. (laughs) Like, Splendid. I'll see you there. Yeah, that's all I wanted. But I think what I did was actually I was operating off of fear. Mm -hmm. And um, my fear didn't cripple me. My fear made me jump. So love. I was afraid of not being someone that I couldn't be proud of. I think that's a very interesting and like poetic way to be fearful. But that's (laughs) but like to go back to like the, the feeling of like what's attracting what we go to love attraction stuff of like when we're in that state of fear though that can result in some some things that we don't want to yes right? so um like vibrations right like we're mm-hmm. using the frequency of our vibrations to attract those are that are emitting similar vibrations as we are that's why you and i get along so well immediately <laughs> right and that's why you me and prisca and kevin fong you know like yeah like we're, we're like this is just synergetic this is like something that is so loving and safe and powerful it feels you know? it feels it feels easy exactly it is it's e- like i'm just trying to live a life of ease <laughs> That I good do everything with ease, that I make money with ease, that I attract good friends with ease, that I attract lovers with ease, whatever. Love but I it. think that like in terms of negative or like being in low vibrational state, I think it's completely human to do that. I think 
what you have to be mindful of more than anything is um, self-fulfilling prophecies. Yes. So if that, 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 but that, that's actually just work on yourself, right? Like the narrative and the language in which you speak to yourself, if that's going to happen, yes, it's going to happen. Right. I love, okay. We have just like, I love that we're entering this part of it because this goes to like the nuts and bolts of this. Right. And I'm like, let, let us pause for one second to take uh-huh. a little quick break and love. then we'll come back and we'll go, we'll jump right back into it. Yay. 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 <laughs> okay. BRB. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Bulba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Hey, first of all, fam, if you're a fan of the show and would like to support, consider backing us on Patreon. You can join our Discord community and get different perks by going to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. If you'd like to support in other ways, you can go check out firstofallpod.com or subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform. Or just follow me on Instagram, because I love hearing from you. Thank you all so much for the support, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed your little break. Roxy, are you refreshed? I love it. I just drank a gallon of water. Everything is good. I doused myself in it. I'm all wet for you now. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) On all fronts, yes. (laughs) Okay, so in our in the last segment, I just uh, I want to I want to also note I feel so good about this episode just because how I feel right now. Mm. Before we jump into nuts and bolts, because this is related. I have been feeling some type of way about my own podcast. When I listened back on certain old episodes, I was judging myself and getting really cringy because I could hear my own uh, disingenuousness. Mm-hmm, Disingenu- mm-hmm. I don't, that, what's that is the word? a word. You just created a word. I love it. Let's yes. go with it. Yeah. I was being fake. And like, not fake, but I wasn't being my most truthful self. And one of my intentions that I set for this season onward in my life, podcast, anything otherwise, mm. is I want to be truthful. Mm-hmm. And that is way harder than I have ever realized. And I continue to learn this as a grown-ass woman. Like, what does truthful mean? It doesn't always mean, like, before I used to be like, oh, if I can curse out loud or if I don't, then that's me being my truest self. Not always. Like, I can be truthful without cussing. Or mm-hmm. I can cuss and still be truthful. Like, there are all these, like, ways I was looking at it. I was like, how come I don't feel like I'm being 
truthful and honest about right. my actual thought, about my what I feel. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't registering. So I just want to say I feel so good about this episode going right into season three because mm-hmm. I feel very much myself with you, Roxy. Aww, I feel that I'm putting a version of me that like I'm not putting on a farce in any way. See, that's and that feels thing. really good. It's like people try to compartmentalize their life. Like relationship, one thing, career, one thing, you mm-hmm. know, family, one thing. Like who mm-hmm. are you in these different roles, right? But um, it's all an ecosystem of you. Yeah. So the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that, and thank you. So I just want to acknowledge that because it feels great to feel great. And Yay. I have had different bumps in this show to feel like I'm I'm shape-shifting and always kind of like, and I think that was a root of um, some of my anger that I've carried throughout the years of like yeah. feeling exhausted and, and frankly like sick of always catering to everybody else's mood or personality or their preference all the time every right. and being like the ultimate people pleaser and not Ugh. being like no this is who I am please That's like exhausting. accept me as you will I yeah. will accept you Minji however the fuck you are <laughs> if you don't feel like talking we could just sit here and breathe deeply into the microphone I think some listeners would love that too I mean give them a little ASMR situation yeah. <laughs> exactly. is that what you got came exactly. here for exactly yes. exactly and we're just gonna like be with you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like wheezing now. I love it. So yeah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Of course, love. And coming back to the nuts and bolts of law of attraction. So we're saying like, we're talking about frequencies. We're using a lot of jargon like that you and I get. And I kind of want to bring in the fact that there are other people listening in and they might be noobs to this to of this course, language. Absolutely. What do you describe as frequency? Because I have like my idea and I'm also a science nerd. Like I, I'm very artsy, creative and abstract like truly I love imagination and everything but I'm also again the other side of me is very nuts and bolts very like linear equations I love Mm -hmm, that shit and mm -hmm, I've grown mm up you know being trained by school and like a previous career path of mine which was I want to be a doctor like I was trained to be uh you know make a hypothesis and test it and see like is it true what does the data say and I love math and all that stuff so like there's those two sides of me yeah I think there's a lot of science to this thing that people frame as this very abstract woo-woo, like, oh, it's all crystals and, like, ideas and fairies and unicorns in the sky, which I think that's very judgmental and a load of shit. Yeah. So I'm curious what you think when you when you explain, like, what would you say, like, vibrations and frequencies when you talk about that? What are you talking about? So um, I'm also the same way as well, Minji. Like, I'm a very practical, pragmatic person. I mean, I'm a Capricorn. I need to be able to feel <laughs> the material in front of me. So this woo-woo thing, I mean, this whole spiritual journey came as a complete shock to me. But it also, be- because I did see the proof, I did see, mm-hmm. I did test my hypothesis, and I did see the results. Now, yeah. to come at it from a very practical standpoint... When we're talking about vibrations, what that essentially means is energy. So are you working at a low, you know, like, like a low space, a spatial energy? Are you feeling low? Do you feel inactive? Do you feel that you're, you're, uh, you have a lack of control of outside circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel not empowered? Do you feel like you're trapped in a corner? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel... Right. Innate, like, do you not feel in your body, right? Right. And on the flip side of that, if you're feeling a high vibrational energy, you feel like you could do anything. Like, not not like <laughs> taking shrooms or like, not like, you know, <laughs> like sometimes some of those like um, 
I, I guess you could take some of those substances for spiritual purposes, but in fact, like you're you're sort you're sort of in this elated state where you've trained like your body, you've you've recalibrated your your neurological pathways, you've curated the, the dialogue in which you talk to yourself. And it's really interesting because I was trying to have this conversation with my father. And he's a very pragmatic, logical person, and he doesn't believe in this stuff. But I've been telling him about the results with my tarot clients. Like, when I first started practicing, I didn't think I was much of a psychic. I just felt what I felt, and I said it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was accessing my intuition, and there's a part of me that was afraid that I was wrong. Okay. But then my clients would keep coming back, and they would say, Roxy, everything you said turned out to be true. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I basically, I don't just have clients that ask me about, like, um, career and love. You know, some of them are e- extremely, like, intentional. Like, how do I deal with my infertility. Um, I'm Mm. dealing with this situation at work that's like very complex. And I have access to information that helps them with that. And so I was telling this with my father because the whole thing with that client that was suffering from infertility, basically we worked on her for a year and she ended up getting pregnant and having her baby, um, you know, this past year. So that was like pretty amazing. And um, my father was like, um, okay, so how does this work? Can you help me with my situation? You know, and and, and so he was very open to it. He's like, who's coming through? Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're my daughter. Like, this is weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're telling me a lot of shit. And it's sort of interesting to work in this space where I'm tapping into many different things. And a lot of it, I was like, okay, dad, first of all, in the morning, I was like, what is the first thing you do? Like, like my advice is very practical. It's like, how do I change my energy? Right. Mm -hmm. How do I not feel so shitty? Right. Mm. And then I said, what is the first thing you do? He's like, check what's happening, you know, like um, with my work, check emails. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll stop. I was like, 10 minutes. Right. Try this breathing exercise. I was like, you're in your head way too fucking much. And that's the thing with like this over excess of information regarding like spiritual jargon and like TikToks and like all that stuff and twin flames and all this information. <laughs> like, we're trying to digest so much information in this short amount of time that like, we're in our heads too much now. Right. When in reality, spirituality and accessing your higher self is all about coming back into your body. So mm. if something doesn't feel right, where does that feel in your body? Right. If you don't feel good, where does it feel in your body? So then I tell my dad, I was like, here, let's try this for a little bit. I want you to um, do like, whether it's cardio for 10 minutes, if you like to run that out first thing in the morning before you look at anything. Right. And I also want you to say to yourself, like, I'm going to have a great day today. And then mm-hmm. he took this advice and he's like, the fuck is that? Right. And he's like, he said, oh, is that Zi Wo Tui Mian? Which in Mandarin translates to self-hypnotization, right? Uh-huh. Hypnotizing yourself. And I said, in a way it is. Yeah. But by doing so, that's what affirmations are, right? Because even though you don't believe it initially when you start doing it because it feels cheesy or silly, over time, it's recalibrating the language in which you see yourself and the way you see yourself. Right. And then you start, it becomes a part of your DNA, and you start to heal these sort of pockets that were hurting from mm-hmm. that lack before. Mm-hmm. And when you use it as a practice, it becomes your subconscious. Right. So because then, the subconscious is such a huge part of all of this, which is yes. like we're we're so much we as humans, we as enti- like spirits and entities, we like exist 
beyond just what our thinking brain is, which is where like in in the psych paradigm is like talking about generational trauma, like stuff that goes beyond what you've experienced in your waking life. Like, oh, I hurt my finger on this or like, oh, Mm -hmm. so-and-so made fun of me and that left. But like, yeah, there's why like when we talk about, oh, when you're a young kid, you're really, your brain's a sponge and you're very vulnerable to a lot of things and things that you're going to experience then are going to leave a different kind of mark on like who you perceive yourself to be influence what you said, like your subconscious and the way that you talk to yourself, the way you like exist because you show up with this certain set of beliefs and this narrative that's going on in your head in large part unbeknownst to you and to your dad. It's sort of connecting like you doing those affirmations and like working on your vibrational energy is just creating messages for your subconscious self. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it's it's so funny if I could say the earlier part that I said a little bit more eloquently, it's a lot like um, low vibration is when you feel like you're powerless against the world and high vibration makes you feel as if the world is your mirror. Mm-hmm. So whatever you put out is what you receive. Right. I think that's like the most clearest rudimentary form of law of attraction. Like right. if you exude negative energy, you're going to ex- you're going to attract negative people. Right. Right. If you attract positive energy, you're going to attract like minded people. And then so your world begins to shift. You come into a new stage, new plot lines, new characters. Right. New environment. Mm-hmm. new level, mm-hmm. right? But then, of course, you have to be grounded enough to stay in your present where you're like, okay, I'm grateful for all of this and you're getting information from your future self and your past self as well, right? And you're just like, I'm willing to make the commitment to take the steps in order to get there, right? So it's, just it's not just your joy, yeah. Right, and it's not just mindset, it's mindset plus action, which I love that you said, like, mm-hmm. it's, there's some people who think that, like, okay, if you just think good thoughts, like, good things happen, like, I don't, personally, that's no. not the way I explain it at all, and I was like, no, I think that it's a matter of creating, like, cultivating a genuine self sense of positivity, and positivity shows up in so many different forms, so to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, grat- like you just said, like, gratitude is a huge part of it. I think that's, like, the foundational part of it is gratitude. Yes. Because I thought this really a long time, even when I was, like a, like, a really strong Christian when I was younger, I was like, I think happiness is when you're feeling grateful, and you can yes. feel grateful for anything at any time. It's not like, oh, I need, a- obviously, you can feel really grateful when you have a gazillion, jillion dollars and all that stuff. But like, what if you don't, right? Like, what if all you have is 50 cents to like get your favorite gumball? And like, I'm thankful for that. And I thought this stuff when I was like, I think like ninth grade, 10th grade. Wow. I I was like, I think happiness is genuinely just like people who are grateful for what they have. That I I just remember the idea came into my mind. I was like, because we keep presenting, at least in this society in America, like capitalism, like you got to get this thing and you got to have that body and you got to, you know, get this car. And like, Fuck I was all that shit dude. drowning Fuck in that, all shit. that shit. Yeah. I just hate it. Release it's, that. Yeah. Especially with like Koreans and like the way that they would just always be very upwardly mobile and everything was about status and what school you went to. Do you have a Beamer? Like all this stuff. Right. And oh my I, God. there's a part of me that I felt like I, I I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I really aspired for all that stuff too. When I was younger, like I, yeah. I wanted the achievement. I was like, but I was also coming from a really insecure place. Like I felt like I needed those things. And then there's another part of me that when I would sit and write in my journal or like whatever in in my many different moods, I'd be like, why the fuck do I need all that stuff? Like, why is that necessary for me to feel like I have some value in this life? Because like I get this thing and it lasts, that happiness quote unquote lasts for like a hot second. Right. And then I'm just like onto the next shit. 
And but so I think that's so brave of you. I mean, I, you know, I think there are some people who refuse to access this space because they're quite scared. Either they've been scary. in that path for too long to, uh, to even fathom a, a life where they could tap into that happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Because happiness is accessible because it's all in our heads. You know, like everything is your brain. Right. Like and, all your powerful, all your energy, all your magic comes from there. And I can understand, like, to me, I think what makes me a little apprehensive when I talk about it, because I do not ever want to minimize somebody else's suffering or their pain. And for somebody outside of yourself to like walk in, especially like in my darkest moments, because yeah. I went through some fucked up stuff when I was younger, right? Yeah. For somebody to like come up to me and tell me like, it's all in your head. I would not respond well to that, right? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't feel like you're honoring my pain. And like, so I understand that, which why it makes me very apprehensive. And I want to say that out loud on this episode, because right. as much as I like very much believe in law of attraction, the results that come from shifting out of these like lower vibrations that you're talking about, it does not divorce like the fact that like, if you're suffering, you're suffering. Yeah. What I'm trying to present as an option, as as an encouraging factor, is there's a way out of that suffering. But also at the same time, in like lieu of practicing law of attraction, you also must do your healing. Right, exactly. So it, it doesn't just come, I want this so that I can get Thank this. Thank you. No, yes, right? Perfect. Because it, you have, it, that's the yin and yang of it. You must confront your darkness in order to earn the light. Right. And, and how and, many just, times or, have or we suffered the life? <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I feel like I've been nonstop healing my entire life. And I'm like, oh, cool, great. So it, there really is no end because you have to accept the fact that it's a perpetual journey. 1,000%. Yeah. So I also, yeah, thank you for saying, I love you, Roxy. <laughs> I also would yeah. say that because like, the suffer the my spiritual awakening, which has come in different waves through the last several years of my life, like yeah. it's been some of the hardest shit I've ever been through. It's not right. like some rosy, like, I want a Prada bag and all of a sudden I have it. It wasn't that. Like there are moments that like genuinely shook me of like, bro, I just like thought of this and now it's like appearing before me. I've had so many and people, my friends around me, Roxy, like they can attest to that. They've been with me when stuff like that happens. Right. And I'll say something and it happens. And so I keep for me, like, I'm sure there are other people out there too, but in my life, like I've had so many, so many data points of like, this shit is real. Oh, my, pa- my thoughts are yeah. very powerful, good yeah. and bad. Right. And so when it comes to the self-sabotaging stuff, those were lessons too, because it wasn't all just good stuff that I was manifesting and that I, cause my point of attraction, my energetic self, my vibration was not consistent. I was going from being really grateful to being really bitter, right. To being like not healing stuff. So I'm just sitting in that shitty energy. Yeah. So I would attract stuff in that from there too. Right. So I, I'm not trying to paint this rosy picture of like just think happy thoughts. It's like no, it's a practice and it's it's a it's a process, like you're saying, and it's perpetual too because we're always going to be challenged. Success is nonlinear. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like life is just peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. But but you know, it's like that thing about something not going right, right? Like mm-hmm. for example, what I'm currently brooding in right now. But in reality, is because I've been practicing my healing and my spiritual journey and using the law of attraction. There's so many other things things that I could fall back on that'll support me, you know, Mm -hmm. that gives me so much joy in ways that I never had access to before. Cause not everything is like unicorns and rainbows. Cause that's not what life is, but my God to cherish like the bittersweetness of Mm -hmm. like, um, every single stage of your life. Like I think I was talking to Prisca the other day and we had like a really 
powerful like like discussion where we were drunk but i was like nice i was like hey like looking back what would you say were the three biggest points of your 20s like the most important parts of your 20s right and i think Mm -hmm. she talked about like breaking up with her ex right and then mm-hmm. she talked about like doing raising her money for her EP or like doing a music video or whatever. And then and then she said something else. And I go, OK, when you were in your 20s, what were your biggest goals? And they were very different. Right. And so now I think about me worrying about this and like 40 year old me looking back. <laughs> she'll be so fucking proud, dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like like I may think that this is really fucking shit and that maybe I'm questioning like I'm not being smart about something or not being practical about something, but I know in the end I'm not betraying myself. Yeah. You that's know? so important. Yeah. That's the that's the truthfulness of you to you and nobody can know that except you. Absolutely. Nobody knows like how and this is where I think a lot of people in general like which I'm so grateful for even though I know that it's been a really rough moment in general to like face these weird realities that we've gone through in pandemic is like, why are we doing all this? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are we busting our ass like so hard, 80 plus hours a week, you know what I'm saying? On an hourly (laughs) basis, exchanging my life for a dollar that like keeps losing its value over here, like fucking inflation, right? And like- I know, a bag of avocado is 50 bucks now. So what are you gonna do? For (laughs) real, for real, right? And like- for all these, I think it's really kind of shaken everybody for like a lot of different results because who knows where everybody else is at in their, in the way that they approach the world, right? But it's just like making us question like, what is the point of all this? And how am I deriving fulfillment? What is fulfilling and happiness versus like feeling like, okay, I got a high, a dopamine kick because I got this achievement, but then like it lasts for five seconds because I, you know, there's another thing that I got to do now. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, cool. I made six figures. Now I got to make seven. Now I got to make eight. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I feel like this, it really shook me awake when I realized that manifestation was real because I remembered in my early twenties, I'll be like, I don't care what kind of movie I do. You know, like I want to make like lifetime movies or micro budget movies, you know, whatever, because I didn't think that I would be able to. But then fast forward like 10 years, I'm like, oh, I did that. And I'm like, okay, what's next, right? <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, universe, but I don't want it anymore. And, right. And I'm like asking for bigger things, which I think is very natural because you're you're elevating. You know what I'm saying? But um, but I want to ask you a question, Minji. Yes. What are you currently manifesting? Oh, good question. My intentions are to manifest financial stability, which I have been manifesting. It's been very wild for somebody. I recorded with Melly not that long ago talking about my financial journey, and I've had a very rocky, very distorted relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've pushed it away. I think I've self-sabotaged a lot in terms of like what I thought my value was, what I thought I was capable of earning. Mm -hmm. And so I've been manifesting a lot of financial abundance and stability in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been educating myself. I've been like saying better words, like watching my words, even like when I talk about spending, mm-hmm. um, stop saying stuff like I'm broke or I'm so poor. Like I don't say that stuff anymore. Love that. And it's been yielding good results. And I think it changed, it shifted my energy to be somebody that like, yeah, I can entrust Minji with a high budget X, Y, or Z, you know? Um, I'm manifesting, an acting and film career. Like for Mm -hmm. real, I feel like this year and a half, maybe two, like I've been in actually a really bitter place with my former career. I'll just be like, be truly honest with the Asian American community. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't think I was going to talk about this on this. No, oh, please. Shit. I mean, so whatever I you that, feel safe with. No, yeah. this is why I feel safe, like sharing it now. And I love that you asked me of all people, because you're in this space with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm over a lot of shit that I used to care about a lot that I invested a lot of myself and I've had to reconcile where a lot of my anger and my bitterness and frustration comes Mm -hmm. from because overall I've been so positive and so supportive in a lot of ways. Like, um, and I don't take any of that back, but my lesson learned, my conclusions from that is that it's a chapter that at this moment for me, for my, Mm -hmm. for my stability, for my sanity, for my emotional health, I need to close and leave behind and step into space for myself, for my own artistry, for my own creativity, because I've really, really struggled to let some stuff go. Minji's entering her villain era. Kind of, yeah, girl. I love that. You know, that's just setting hard boundaries and like not releasing your people-pleasing habits from the past. Exactly, exactly. And It it took me a very long time to untangle all of that Mm -hmm. um, because I was like, what the hell is my problem? I've wanted X, like X being... I want to act. I want to make movies. Like, I also want to write and direct. Like, I have so many other things and produce. Like, I have other projects that I want to do that have not been happening. What the hell is my problem, right? And so trying to answer that question, it took a long time of being triggered by things on social media, conversations with friends, isolating myself, and then, like, just really being like, what am, and like looking at it through a lens of law of attraction, like, what have I been attracting into my life? And that taking stock of the good and bad. And I had to kind of like just really write it out and think it out and map it out um, either on paper, on my computer, in my mm-hmm. journal, whatever, and mm-hmm. like make make heads and tails of it. Like I had to figure it out. Um, so it was a very like methodical thing. It was a very emotional journey. Like well, why Minji, am I so angry? Girl, you can do anything. Thank you. You know, I, I think you, you, everything that you said, like I, I, it's, it's hard for me to see you not doing any of that, you know, like. Anything mm-hmm. that you put your will and intentions towards, it's possible for you. And and that's like amazing for me to sit like as a bystander and watch you do all the amazing things that you are intentional towards because I always see it happen. Thank you. Oh, that means a lot. It's like I always will- the hardest for us to believe in ourselves, which is some fucking bullshit. <laughs> I agree. Well, yeah. that's a funny thing. When I was kind of diving into that, when I was thinking about like, what have I been attracting? Truly at the core of it, I do believe I can do it, right? Yes. So then that, there, I flip flop and there's times where like I get into imposter syndrome or I just get distracted. So I had to kind of like suss that out. Like what the hell's actually going on here? Is right. it because I truly don't believe in myself or is it that I believe in myself and I'm kind of giving my power away or being lazy or a mix of many things, right? Yeah. Getting yeah, distracted, yeah. getting caught up in bitterness and therefore not moving forward on this thing that I believe I can do. Mm-hmm. So that's where I had to really check. And my anger, I'll be really real. Like <laughs> as a, I've, I've kind of like described myself as like, oh, I'm like an angry Korean girl. I'm not only, but like, that's been a big I, way like that I- That's not I've, what I see you at all. See, like, but inside, see like I, I think I harbor a lot of anger that I keep well hidden. I let it out in certain safe spaces. And my mm-hmm. people that are really close to me know that I am I have a lot of anger. You know what's crazy and is that I keep off. telling everybody, yeah, girl, I'm in my angry chihuahua energy. <laughs> like, I am not only in my villain era, but I am allowing myself to show more anger than I've ever had before. And, Same. And oh, also, I love it. it's crazy because, like, I remembered, like, when I first got signed and nobody really knew about me yet. And I would take meetings and I'm still myself. I'm still Roxy. You know what I'm saying? But like Mm -hmm. no one would really take me seriously because 
I w- didn't have any clout. And I would just, okay, I guess it's not safe for me to, you know, really formulate my opinions here or like to really say what I want, because obviously this safe is not, does not respect me. Right. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a few years later, I have some clout, right? I go into the same meetings again. I'm just myself again. The attention is completely different. Right. No matter what I say, it's a great idea. No matter what I, you know, like it's all good. Like uh, I'm, I'm just like, everyone loves me, whatever. And It's kind of crazy because I'm just like, oh, then I start to get angry about certain things and people are like encouraging that now. And (laughs) and it's it's crazy because it's like now I'm at a different place and I'm like allowed to show more anger. Mm -hmm. But um, and, and it's it's kind of interesting, like thinking about it now, because I know that it's probably not wise to show that anger like when you're younger, because then you could ruin a lot of things because people are just not ready for you. But at the same time, is that fair? Right. And and, and uh, it's interesting now with the great resignation with the pandemic and with everything, people are a lot more angry now. People don't trust each other as much. There's a rise in violence, right? Mm-hmm. There's like all of these things happening because um people are just burnt out. <laughs> right. And, We're fucking tired. Um, if we if you don't show your anger, how else are you, I, I mean I know it's terrible, but it's because people don't know where to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I love that you point that because to me when I was uh, there's a book called Anger, I think, mm-hmm. by uh, a Vietnamese monk. Why the hell? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's all good. Me. It's all good. I forget yeah. things all the time. Yeah, it's all I'll good. share a link to it, but it's amazing. <laughs> but it's also uh, what I what I remember the most out of the messaging out that helped me like just um, put an analogy that made sense to me that uh, anger is pain on fire. Something's hurting. Something's wrong. That's why you're mad, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd even peel back those layers of like, really sit with that. And that's why I needed that isolation, that time away from the, the, the quiet of all the other outside noise to be with my own thoughts, which is really hard for me because I kept such so busy all the time, which I think was also kind of a trauma response. It is a trauma response, 100%, yes. <laughs> right. And so, like, I was sitting and then, like, really thinking about what makes me angry. I have amazing people in my life. Like, you are asking me this question. My brother, who's one of my best friends, was asking me genuinely, not in, like, a condescending way. He's like, why are you so mad? Like, what are you angry about? And he, had, he held space for me to be able to, like, unpack that. And I cried and I just, like— went on a huge stream of consciousness and it revealed like, I'm mad about this. I'm mad about walking into rooms and like people automatically dismissing me because whatever reason, right? And then then going back to all of that after unpacking a lot of those things with therapy, with friends and loved ones who are so kind enough to like hold space for me, let me process, to then set different intentions saying, okay, if like this has been my point of attraction, then it makes sense that my opportunities have been a bit limited because I'm walking into rooms or conversations or relationships with this assumption. This is what's been sitting in my subconscious that, oh, you don't think that I'm good enough for this. Or you know what I'm saying? Or like, oh, you only want to help me for this. So it's a self-fulfilling motherfucking prophecy. prophecy. And so I'm like, this all makes sense. On a mathematical mathematical equation, on an emotional, energetic, mathematical equation, it all checks out. Do you know what I'm saying? It does. It does make sense. So it's just like, you know, I, I also read somewhere, which I really love, that anger is like the emotion where like the little you that you were talking about, the one, the little voice inside of you <laughs> that was like challenging things. Like uh-huh. it, it, it's a way of protection, right? It's like protecting you. Like your your boundaries were disrespected, you know, like you weren't listening, you weren't visible, right? It's that right. part of you that wants to fight for you. And it comes out in very toxic, unhealthy ways because we weren't able to give her the angry Minji, the... the um the platform that she needed to express herself. 
right. in that healthy way. So it becomes pent tools. up in this like, yeah, exactly. This like a resentment volcano, right? As we could call Which, it. <laughs> she's erupted. She's erupted here and there. And so I, oh, in I've my personal, that too. you know, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I think those are like data points, like the scientist me, I was like, okay, you know what? I've gone through these experiences. Did they yield me the results I wanted? No, they resulted in pain and tears and broken relationships and like, XYZ. And I had to sit through a lot of that shit the last two years to really kind of see what are patterns, what are the what are the types of people that I tend to attract, what am I doing about that? Am I okay with that? What are my boundaries? And how do I want to, what do I want to manifest going forward? What do I want my point of attraction to be? Because I genuinely don't want to attract people from my angry place. That's not where I want to be. Even though I honor it and it's truthful, like I work hard. I do my inner work to like heal that shit so that that's not where I'm like operating from. Does that, well, does that make I'm sense? Gonna, I'm going to stop you right there because when you're angry, what kind of language comes out? Because there's a way of expressing anger where it's like, it's justified. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. I, I don't, I sometimes I, I feel like um, it, if it's like really lashy, because I feel like you've worked on yourself very much to this point where if it comes out of you, like especially in the way that you hold yourself in this podcast, everything comes out <laughs> honest. And, and if you want to be like really authentic, right. I just uh-huh. feel that like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's this terrible narrative that's been placed on anger, especially for women. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I just think it's unfair for us to not honor her because like just because she's angry doesn't mean she's negative. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Very true. Very true. Yeah. I love you for that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and it's like I've earned a lot of respect for my anger recently yeah. too. And like in the past I'll be like, "Oh my god, anything worked." But me making everything work did not get me anywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it got you to a certain point but yeah yeah people stepped all over me honey you know Mm -hmm. people were just like oh roxy's the one that just could could handle everything but then my (laughs) anger helped me set my boundaries i'm not saying be angry all the time that's not what this is but i'm saying that like you know that powerful vibrational energy needs to honor anger too you know right as a proper sitting place on your council of reactions Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's like it's like your intuition can have a seat at the table. Doesn't mean you always have to listen to her, but she deserves a chance to speak. Right. Oh, I listened. Yeah. So I actually was like I I was very keen on um, listening to my anger and honoring her. And then. Right. Ultimately, kind of like my my uh, old old co-founder. I tried to I went through this startup phase for two years trying to do this during COVID. But um, we ended up (laughs) parting ways, which that's going to be another episode. But he called me like. I don't watch a lot of cartoons or anime or anything, but he's like, it's like airbender stuff. It's like, how do you take it and then move it at your will kind of thing, I'm guessing. (laughs) So like, to me, it's like transmuting. Like, how do I take, what is this information giving me and what do I want to do with it? Because it is powerful. Anger is very, very powerful. I think Mm -hmm. that is one of my powerful energies. And then like, what do I want to do with it? Because that's where my intention, what I want to manifest comes into play because that's my intention. Like saying, I want financial abundance. Like I don't want to fight with everybody that I'm making money with. I actually really want to collaborate with people that are dope, that I respect, that have cr- that that are creative and collaborative. I don't like the idea of making money for people who are exploiting me or yeah. exploiting anybody. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or yeah. like adding to a narrative using my voice, my talent, whatever, my creativity, my energy towards yeah. something that's like fucking anybody over i don't want that that's an intention i set because that makes harness, me angry you could you can harness that anger you know like for example right. um prisca and i have salty salty vents so what this is is like where we just like 
like complain about the shit that's going on in our life, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't want to be ungrateful, but we're also human. You know yeah. what I mean? Like not using like anger or some sort of negative emotion to sort of lash out on people or hurt others because that's not what that we can't do that. You know, that's not good. But like for you to use it to channel it in a healthy way where it could provide and stand up for like our inner ethical sort of our own ethics, right? Our own yeah. moral code like yeah. and, and use that anger for good. I love and, it. And, you know, I think that, again, your your council of reactions, right? <laughs> yes, One of the key seats, yes. Yes, and so it's the spectrum and, and how to use all those different energies in order for you to feel like you're not betraying yourself. Like, everything goes back down to that, right? Love so it. So I, I, just, I just love we're on this journey, and I'm like, you know, there's a people-pleasing aspect of me that tries to come back during these moments where I'm like, maybe I need to work more. Maybe I need to be busy more or whatever the fuck, right? To make myself feel purposeful. But I'm just like, ah, it's just not worth it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like my energy, I, I respect myself so much now. Like, holy shit, younger me would look at myself now and be like, Roxy, you're so cool. You know, like, what a yeah. fuck? You know, like, <laughs> it. it's awesome. So well, that's how we all look at you, babe. So <laughs> I look at you too. So let's just keep doing the work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to say to to close out what you asked me because I want to share this with you because I wish this for everybody that everybody, mm. especially you and what anybody listening to this podcast, I really want to manifest healthy, loving, energizing, peaceful relationships. And you'll get that. That is. You'll get that. Huge. And I think some of my anger from past experiences has been helping me get to a place where I have come to terms with a lot of things that happened in my past and I'm no longer interested in like mulling that over as much as possible. Yes, Do I still? Sometimes. Bitch, but for the most part, get love. out. We did there, done, been there, done that. And it's thank you. Thank you for educating me. Of from course. here on out, your girl's got boundaries. Yes. Your girl has standards. I want to be around other people who are excited about life. Am I requesting you to be on unicorns and rainbows all the time? No. But like energetically, I can feel when somebody is genuinely grateful to be alive, to that has purpose. And those are the people that I I genuinely enjoy being around. And I love that. And it I takes work you, to Mindy. get there. Oh my That's God. what I want. Yes, bitch. Look at that. Clear, concise, assertive, and confident. We move forward. We don't move back. <laughs> You know, we explored all those oat cycles. We've opened them again. We close it. We're like, nah, nah, for good. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I learned. I grew. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Yeah. Yes. What do you, so out of this, I, I want to also like honor like what you're going through. Cause I do think right now you and I are similar camps, like still evaluating a lot and bringing things into fruition. Like, what do you want to manifest? What are you manifesting right now? Honestly, I've been, you know, Minji, Everything you've talked about today, I'm just like, you have no idea how similar you and I are. And (laughs) we've gone through many similar life paths and encountered very similar difficulties. Um, But maybe we all do, you know, just in different sort of um, amounts or like different, you know, categories or levels of importance. For me, my biggest thing is my relationship with money. Okay. Um, And I basically, at the start of the year, I said... I was intentional about to the universe. I said, I am comfortable making more than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I, and then like literally within the first month, like all this shit came in and I like didn't even bat an eye when someone 
offered me a rate like twice as what I'm used to per day. Yes. And it felt good because I used to feel like I wasn't enough. And I used to feel that I'm somehow, you know, imposter syndrome. I'm somehow parading this facade that someone that somehow everyone is believing. But no, that's out because I am fucking amazing. You are. And I love every anyone should be fucking lucky to get a little bit of an inch (laughs) on this, you know. Um, So for me, I really want to manifest financial stability. That that is actually the biggest thing, because I just want to be able to eat sugar fish whenever I want to. I want to have a time share in the Maldives with my friends. I I want to live well, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to provide for others and those that I love. Like that's my biggest intention is that. Um, and I think that is what I'm focusing. Oh, the second thing I want to manifest is that, uh, see, it's not even manifestation. I think it's just my work is I, I promise to myself that everything that I pursue will be, um, will be something that I'm completely intentional towards. No more random things, Mm. no more random Mm. relationships, no more random projects, no more if it's something that I'm not really aligned with, but it pays me money. No more of that. And that requires sacrifice, right? Yeah. And and time and time again, the universe continues to show me more amazing things than I could have ever expected for myself. And right now, as I'm in my weird middle of my Cantor's Law circle phase, I need to believe in that because it's proven to me time and time again, like a scientist, hypothesis, theory, right? Evidence. It's happened time and time again. So why can't I do that again? Because I'm will. human. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You thank will. You. And you are. Thank you, girl. I love it. I love it. Roxy, I am so glad we got to just <laughs> share this. Like, this is, I, I, this genuinely feels very sacred to me because it's a very you. personal part of me. It's like my, the things that have been like, struggling through and Mm. sifting through. And it has been an identity shift for me personally because I grew up believing such different, like, and and it's such a different paradigm. And quite frankly, like, a lot of the stuff I talk about or entertain or wonder about or I'm open to now, former me would have been like, what are you doing? That's not, that's not good. That's not Christian. you're just full of magic now. I mean, and I want it, I want, if there's anything, my intention with, like, sharing this side of me that feels like a little like, ooh, you guys are like really seeing behind the curtain. Yeah. But like to open other people's ideas of possibility. I genuinely don't care about converting anybody. I kind of like, I love people who expand my world. I love people who add to like, oh, I knew this quote unquote, but like there's also this. And it just fills you with wonder and being like, oh my God, is that possible? Could that actually like add to my life and make it better and and give me more you know, curiosity and creativity and imagination that I didn't kind of allow myself. That's my intention with sharing this stuff. The fact that I get to do that with you means so much. Minji. I mean... Because you're magic. Baby Minji. I mean, if you looked at like 12-year-old Minji, how do you think she would think of you now? I think she'd, she'd think I'm a pretty cool chick. Yes, she'd, bitch! She'd be like, can I hang... Can I like... Can I have like lunch with you? Can I like, sit with you? But I'd that be shy. Is, that is the best. Like when you think of like I reconnect with my inner child all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, a really great way to ground yourself, like in the midst of going through different challenges, is I'm gonna be, you know, I am the role model that my younger self fucking loves. You know? Oh, and, and and I think if that 
you don't need any other validation than that. That's so true. Yeah. Drown out the rest of that noise. It's just noise. Yeah, it's all just choices. And and look, at the end of the day, if you recognize a pattern, all that it comes down to is a choice. Because if you continue to, you know, not break the pattern, then you're just being oblivious to, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and breaking that cycle. For sure. For sure. And I'll say as like love to you, Roxy, like as we're, we're drifting in our respective boats and figuring out where to paddle next, where our choices will take us, like... And this is also to everybody listening. I think like what we've shared today, we went through a lot of different things. To me, I think Mm -hmm. there's so much, there's the relationship between our thoughts and our feelings. And to me, when it comes to vibrations and what I want to leave people with, like our our vibrations are very heavily influenced by our feelings. And Mm -hmm. we're in a very thinking world. And- there's value to that. I'm not discouraging thinking, but like you're saying, there's there can be an overthinking. It can be too much in your head. And like coming back to our hearts and our our soul and our feelings, why I think art is so important. Like what yeah. music does, it takes us somewhere different. Um, watching a good movie, like being able to like process feelings and like cry and laugh and like feel lovey-dovey, feel sexy, like all those different feelings that we have. Like we're making space for that more and more. I think that's Frank, I hope I think that's what you stand for, Roxy, is like getting in touch with your soul and like letting her shine. Let your logic marry intuition, honey. Because yeah. like oh. you know oh. what I'm saying? It's golden like, nugget. It's, you cannot separate these two things. Also, you cannot separate your mind with your body. Everything mm-hmm. is one ecosystem. Like I, I always talk about coming back to your body because even doing body scans, meditation, right? Masturbation, like or exercise, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things, all of these actions take us out of our heads. And when we're in our bodies, that's when we can feel alignment. That's when the noise in your head quiets down. And you're just like, how am I feeling? Because mm-hmm. you feel it in your body. Right? And I think good things come from that. Love Masturbation? It. Absolutely, yes. Oh, <laughs> feel good, babe. Yes. Like, feel yes. good. Yes. Um, can we close out with three questions that I've been asking all my guests? Absolutely, love. Roxy, what are you grateful for today? Oh, I'm grateful right for now. you. I'm grateful huh. for this space. I'm grateful for a lot. See, I'm already, not just one thing, I'm like immediately spitfiring <laughs> so many things. This view that I'm um, looking at as I'm talking to you, um, I'm on the 11th floor of my building. So I see yes. like all through Griffith Park and I see the sky. Um, and I just, I'm grateful for the conversations that I'm able to have with the people that I'm connecting with in a way that makes us feel more open, exploratory, and not alone. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Um, what am I looking forward to? Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I shouldn't think too much about this, but honestly, um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to sleeping well tonight. Yes. Is that crazy? That is not. That is so wonderful. I am very, I'm looking forward to you sleeping well. Thank that is, you. Ugh. As we get older, I just, I, I just want to eat well, sleep well. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like. Yes. <laughs> it's all that simple. If anything, we talk about a lot of like big concepts. But yeah. When we bring it down, like just eat well, sleep well. Yeah. I just, love I just, well. Love well. I'm just Golden. like, um, like nothing beats a great night of sleep. It's so, 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 so true. So true. I love it. Um, And what are parting words that you want to leave with our listeners today? 
Uh, parting words that I want to leave with. Um, I guess I will just say the quote that was like on the Google <laughs> like earlier that Anna sent out. Um, it, it's a it's a quote by Marianne Williams. I'm just going to pull it up real quick so I don't say it wrong. Oh, I'm, I can't pull it up right now, but it says, if you allow your own light to shine, you give others permission to do the same. Yes. So that's like... I have it pulled up. Do you want me to... <laughs> yeah, you can say it the right way. As we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Amen. That is Roxy's favorite quote. My favorite quote. Yeah. So wonderful. And you did that today. Thank you, my love, for being here. Thank you, Minji, for having me. I'm so excited. This was really, really fun. And I will talk to you very soon. Okay, my love. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode of First of All, Season 3, Episode 1, talking about law of attraction and manifestation with Roxy She. You guys got to follow Roxy um, at RoxyShe88 and go check out her podcast, Two Horny Ghosts with Prisca. And we have a special homage to that podcast and those two hosts with Prisca closing out um, with our outro music this week. Before we get to that, I want to thank my team, my producers, Marvin Yue and Anna Sun, my social media manager, Juliana Deer. I love you guys. Thank you so much to my Patreon patrons. Thank you guys for keeping this podcast afloat. If you'd like to support me and the podcast, you can go to firstofallpod.com, find links to everything, to the Patreon, to PayPal donations, uh, to anything. Uh, it's, it's all there for you. Thank you so much for any and all generosity. If you want us to just say hi, I appreciate that too. You can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. Follow along on Instagram at firstofallpod. For updates on the show, follow my page. My personal page is at Minjeezy. would love to hear from you. And thank you guys so much for the encouraging words. I've gotten some DMs that have truly just like honestly brought tears to my eyes. It, it means so much that people are getting something valuable out of this show. Thank you so much. And uh, of course, I got to do the shout out to Uzuhan. We love that song. He just topped a million streams on Spotify for the song Uzu Trap. I hope that I have contributed somewhat because it's honestly one of my favorite songs. Good vibes all around whenever I hear that song. Automatic good mood. So thank you to James for letting me use his song Uzu Trap for the intro. And this week's outro is Roxy's incredible co-host for Two Horny Goats and one of the most talented musicians that I know and a dear friend of mine. We have Priska along with her husband, Abe, also known as Aver Beats, and this is their cover of the song Lonely Star. So that's it for this week's episode. Take care of yourselves. I love you, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Sharon. Hey, Remen. How are folks still racist? I know, right? We're like two decades into the 21st century. Yeah. And second question, where's my jetpack? 
Well, I can't help you there, but have I got a podcast for you. Modern Minorities is a show where each week, my longtime pal Raman and I uncover common and uncommon truths that we all need to hear for our majority brains and ears. Yeah, Sharon and I have spoken to doctors, lawyers, directors, climate activists, angry Asians, athletes, chefs, writers. Folks who are black, brown, gay, straight, and everything in between. Past guests have included comedian Margaret Cho, Southern Poverty Law Center journalist Geraldine Mariba, comics creator Jean Lunyang, and many, many more. We've even talked about Ramadan, Black History Month, Kamala Khan, and Robin being queer. It's like we're trying to solve racism with the podcast. Challenge accepted. So check out Modern Minorities at modmypod.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Remember, we're all modern minorities, but we're no one's model minority. Modern Minorities.